Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. All right, here we go. We're done with Race to Life out of the book of Ephesians into our Christmas series we've titled The Christmas Story. Don't you just love the Christmas season? Do you? Like the lights, the trees, the the gifts, all of it. It is the most wonderful time of the year. And it's crazy to think that in the year 2020, like we're already in December. We're, we're all, the year's over. I don't know where the year went. I think it got buried in our homes, right? But, but I think that Christmas is especially anticipated this year to, to kind of um, maybe a challenging year to finish as strong, right? To, to, to finish with a bang. Let's, let's be honest. Like the year 2020 was just weird. It was a weird year. Um, for some of us, 2020 was heart-wrenching. For some of us, 2020 was divisive. 2020 was, was different for so many reasons. And, and it's so ironic because like, like many of you coming into 2020, we're starting a new decade. There's this expectancy in our heart. Like, here we go. This is going to be awesome. I, like I had my own personal kind of like expectations for what 2020 was going to be. I was excited. I, I, was, I, was, I was ready to have an awesome year. Coming out of 2019 into 2020, I was expectant for all that was going to, for all that God was going to do in me personally, but also for the church, for, for DCM specifically. Because I don't know if y'all remember, but 2019 was a special, special year for DCM. I mean, an incredible year. We, we got settled into our new building. We, we experienced explosive growth. We almost doubled in size as a church. We were uh, busting out of our kids' classrooms. Kids are falling in love with Jesus. Is there anything better? Come on, our, our worship center hardly has enough seats for, for, the, for the people that want to gather to worship Jesus, for the people that are committing week after week to come and gather with the people of God. We're like, man, this is, come on, let's go. We're like, are we going to have to like knock out a wall? Are we going to have to add a third service? Abigail and I, we just literally just fallen in love with Destiny Church, falling in love with the people of Destiny Church and really feeling like the people of Destiny Church are loving on us. And we're like, you know, building the plane in the air. This is the first time we've been campus pastors and we're all doing it together, having a blast. Come on, putting, putting Jesus first and just, just trusting his spirit to lead us and, and, and take us wherever he wants to take us, right? And I've been in church and a part of church for the better part of my life. But I have never found myself thinking as, you know, I, I've never found myself where I, I love the church so much. And I really don't just say that. I just anticipate coming here. I, I love being a part of this body. You know, there's been multiple times in my life where I was a part of a church, mostly as a teenager, and, I, you know, I was insecure, and it was like, there's no way I'm inviting my friends to this place, you know? You ever feel like that? Right or wrong, it's... You know, and what's wild is, is we were just getting started. Like, we, we were just getting started. God was moving. I was hearing incredible testimonies of, of people spiritualized being revitalized, people finding freedom from sin. 
Come on, people getting baptized. I'm hearing testimonies of people's fire and passion flooding back into their hearts, ready to be who God's called them to be, right? People are giving their hearts to Jesus. We're seeing salvation. More people than ever are serving in the church. We're, we're rallying behind the vision. Come on, we're immersed in the community. We're meeting together often. There's authentic unity and community taking place in the church. The men of the church are united. The women of the church are united, right? We've launched multiple life groups in 2019. And together as a church, like we're, we're more committed to gathering than we've ever been. This place is on fire. God is moving. And, and, and we are, it, I'm like, man, I, if this is what 2019 was like, I can only imagine 2020. We're just getting started. And 2020 was unlike any other year we've experienced as a church, right? But maybe not for all the reasons I was expecting. We're three months into 2020. The people of DCM are quarantined. They're in their homes. We're more, you know, really more disconnected than ever as a church. I don't even really have the ability to preach, which I love. I just, I love to preach. You know, I've literally wanted to preach since I was a 15-year-old kid. Like, this is and I can't preach without it being on a blurry Facebook Live video, and, and my cats are, like, walking across the screen. <laughs> my wife's flipping the camera the wrong way, you know? It's like, this is just not working. <laughs> but, you know, the saddest part is, is, is the doors of the church are closed. This wasn't the plan. This wasn't the plan. I, I don't know if anyone in the room, I, well, I, I would ask, has anyone had a moment in life where it was like, th this wasn't the plan? We've all walked through 2020. We all had this moment. If, if you said no, you're lying. We've all had this. This wasn't the plan. Now, as I look at the Christmas story specifically, I think it's a perfect time to be going through this Christmas story because I, lo I look at the Christmas story, I read it, and I see these biblical characters in the middle of a big fat, that wasn't the plan moment. Check this out, Matthew 1, verses 18 through 19. It goes, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. Okay, we're about, to, we're about to find out how Jesus was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Okay, so we see Mary's engaged to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, he was a righteous man, and, and he didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Joseph prepared, right, ready to, to, to marry Mary, looks at her, notices she's showing, and he's not the dad. That baby ain't from me, Right? Something that's always intrigued me about the Christmas story is Joseph's role in this story. You know, and the reality is there's, there's not much context to help us sort through uh, the emotions that Mary and Joseph were, were actually experiencing in this moment. We don't see if Joseph got frustrated. Come on, who is it? Who's the dad? Tell me, you know, I can't believe you'd do this to me. Like, no, God visited me. He told me this is, this is serious. I haven't done anything. Like, who knows? Like, I, I can only imagine. 
So, so not to inaccurately exegete the sacred text, because that's not what I want to do, but, but I would like to take some interpretive liberties this morning, if that would be all right. Now, I'm not going to uh, do that, you know, to manipulate the biblical tr- text and the biblical truth in any way to create this illusion of something that's there that's not. But this, this scene, specifically the way Joseph acts, carries himself, Joseph's character in this scene has always kind of gripped my heart. It's always caught my attention. He was a righteous man, right? He, he cared about Mary, so he wanted to divorce her quietly. I think of engagement, and I consider my own experience with becoming engaged and getting engaged. And Most who know Abigail and I, y'all know we're inseparable. We share the same office. You know, we, like, we deeply care for each other. Uh, we're, we're totally in love. I'm totally obsessed with her. And... Uh, you know, when I, when I first pursued Abigail, I'll be honest, I slid in her DMs. Parents, that means I sent her a message online, okay, for, for those who are kids. Y'all know where I'm at. Y'all are meeting me there, you know. Um, and like just, oh man, just thought she was, thought she was beautiful. Um, and, and I'm trying to like, hey, like, I'll come meet you at church. She's like, uh, I don't know when I'm going to go. Like, yes, you do. I'm like, hey, I'll take you to coffee. Let me take you to coffee. She's like, no, I can't. I actually, she canceled an hour before one time. I'm like, come on. So I am pursuing her with everything I got and she won't budge. But our text messages are like books back and forth. So I'm like, I know she likes me because we're, we're having lots of dialogue. Um, I just don't quite understand why she won't hang out with me. But it's interesting because Abigail's got layers. She's a little shy. Like when I first showed up, first met her, she literally spoke and giggled. You know, she's like, hey, how are you? I'm like, are you okay? Like, I can go. You know, but I really feel like the Lord allowed us to just, to, to just talk. It was three months. Three months feels like forever when you're trying to, like, every day, texting back and forth. I mean, it just felt like forever. It was like the, like the whole summer, I just chased her around like a rabbit chasing a carrot, and, you know? <laughs> I literally feel, but, but seriously, through all that, I got to listen to the consistency of her words, and you can find out what's in somebody's heart through their words, you know? And um, I knew that I loved Abigail before I even met her. Yeah, I'm trying to get brownie points on stage, but that's okay. I knew that I loved her. I was confident about that. But when it came to engagement, that scared the Chad and Rad out of me. Okay? If you, if you know, you know. Engagement, I'm, I'm thinking, at this point in time, I am essentially a college dropout living in my parents' basement. What right do I have to be responsible for another human being at this point in my life? Seriously, I'm, I'm thinking about en- engagement. I'm like, I have to provide for her. Right, I, 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 I got to be the one to protect her. I, I, don't know if I, can, I don't know if I can do all this. And I imagine, men, come on, we ever been there? Like what? I got to be a husband? Like I got to provide? And I, engagement is it, it's this, for me, it was terrible. The fears, the nerves, the excitement, the concerns, the, the love, all of it ravaging my heart and my mind. Like, are we going to do this? I and Joseph has, has barreled through some of that. Some people are like, this is an arranged marriage. I did research. I saw that they married for love. That's what I found. So Joseph, Joseph had the courage to take the leap, to be vulnerable enough to ask Mary to be his wife. 
he, he moved through all those emotions, processed through all those emotions. And we see this couple who's in love, ready to start their life together, and they have a plan. They have a plan. But then something happens that forces them to recognize this wasn't the plan. This wasn't the plan. And for sure, there, there's Mary's side of the story, and Mary got visited by an angel, and you know, there's her whole perspective uh, to consider. But this morning, I just want to reflect on our boy Joe, and I want to look at Joe's side of the story. And, and based off the scriptures, you know, he's a good guy. The Bible says he's righteous. He has integrity. He lives an upright life, and he's trying to honor the Lord in his decision-making. But he finds himself in this predicament you know, he, he loves God, he, he loves his wife, he, he's excited for the season of life he's in, he's ready to start marriage with Mary. But then he notices that his wife starts showing, right? It's not the dad, this, this isn't his kid. Now the Gospel of Matthew, it doesn't tell us if Mary tried to explain herself. Gospel of Matthew doesn't tell us of feelings of lost trust and like we said, our, like we don't really know. We don't have the details. But what we do know is Joseph understands what this means for the engagement. He understands what this means for the marriage. Joseph wants to honor Mary because if Mary's pregnant, you know, engagement at this time is almost, it, it parallels being married. It's, it's the equivalent to being married. They just haven't consecrated uh, the marriage. Adultery in this form is punishable by death. Stoning, specifically. So Joseph's trying to protect Mary from that. Right? He's trying to protect his own reputation. Joseph finds himself in the middle of a, this wasn't the plan. This wasn't the plan. What about you? Coming to the end of 2020? You know, Bible doesn't distinctly talk about Joseph being discouraged, but a lot of times when our expectations don't, don't match up with reality, when those two things are off, we're, we're tempted to become frustrated. We're tempted to become discouraged or hurt or angry or confused, a, a plethora of emotions. And I'd assume for many of us, our expectation for 2020 or, or the realities of 2020 fell short of the expectations. So when our realities don't meet our expectations, what do we do? Note takers in the room, what do, what do we do? You trust God. You, you trust God's word. You trust God's plan. And you trust God's purposes. Say it again. Trust God's word. Trust God's plans and you trust God's purposes. It's a familiar verse, but, but it's an incredible verse. It's Romans 8, 28. And it says, man, we know that God causes everything. Say everything. Come on, shout it so I can hear it through the mass. Say everything. 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 Good. God, it says, we know that God causes everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly, everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. He, he uses everything. So let's look, let's look back at the Christmas story here. We'll, we'll move on to verses 20 through 24 in the first ch uh, chapter of Matthew. It says this. So as he, as Joseph, considered this, well, my wife's got a baby. I'm not the dad. As he considered that, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, 
Son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And then when this kid was born, Joseph named him Jesus. Joseph in this moment is devising a plan. I gotta leave because it doesn't look like I thought it would. This wasn't the plan. So it must mean I'm supposed to leave, right? This doesn't look like I thought it was. This is harder than I thought it was. This is messier than I thought it was. This must be wrong. Must mean I'm supposed to leave. Joseph's devising a plan to leave and an angelic messenger of God says stay. Stay because the baby your wife is carrying is a son conceived through the work of the Holy Spirit and the baby she's carrying is gonna be the savior of the world. Simplified, hey, there's a purpose in all this, bro. I I want you to stay. Stay. There's a purpose. There's something happening that you don't understand. I know it hurts. I know reputations are on the line. I know maybe it's hard to trust that. Maybe it doesn't look like you thought it was gonna look, but I want you to stay, endure. Everyone say endure. Endure, stay. I think that's a word for all of us in this season. 2020 doesn't look like I thought it would. When things don't go as planned, can you trust that God is still at work? Come on, when 2020 took your job, can you trust that God is still at work? When 2020 took your loved one, can you trust that God is still at work? Can you trust him in the good and the bad? Can you stay and trust that behind the scenes, God's purposes are taking place? God's developing something. This wasn't planned. Come on, but there's still purpose. There's still purpose. Because I think what would be a, a real shame for us it is to step into 2021, ready to step out of 2020, saying, oh, I hated that year. I'm never looking back. I never, and miss all that God tried to develop in us in 2020. What if God did some of his best work in 2020? And that's why it was so challenging, right? And, and, and that's, where I, that's where I'm at this December. I don't want to leave 2020 wasting all that God was producing in us, all that God was developing, right? Sure, it was painful, Sure, it was hard, but that's where God does some of his best work. I've said it before. There's certain things that only pain can produce. I got scriptures to prove it. I got truth to prove it. Come on, God has been at work in 2020. Someone needs to be reminded of that. I think sometimes as believers, we can forget how vital endurance is to our spiritual development. I I think sometimes we lose sight of, of the power that's in staying. That, that's in the power of, oh man, this doesn't, this wasn't the plan. Oh, this doesn't look like it's supposed to look. Oh, this hurt, this hurts a lot more. But, but what happens if we just sit there and we just don't take things into our own strength? Come on, we don't turn to the bottle. 
We don't turn to the pills. We don't, we don't turn to the boyfriend who's, who's going to be the distraction. We, we, don't, we don't take it into our own strength. We sit there and we say, God, you're still good. God, I still got my eyes on God, this is hard. It's uncomfortable. But, but God, God, I'm still trusting you. I still trust that you're working things together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. I'm going to stand on your promises. I, I know I'm not the dad, but if you told me to stay, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. Everyone say endurance. That's what it is, the ability to endure. Believers, people of Destiny Church, we have to learn to endure. We can only spiritually mature when we don't let the winds and the waves of life take us off course. We got to learn to sit and trust God. I love how James talks about this. You know, they talk about how James is Jesus' brother, and, and James is writing to a church that was probably planted by Paul. And, and you know, if you've listened to Paul, the message of Paul is it is by grace through faith you've been saved, right? Paul's message is, is grace. Come on, there's nothing you could do to earn your salvation. And this is revolutionary. This is, this is revelatory to the people of God because they thought, I got to make sacrifices, and I got to wash my hands, and I got to, uh, you know, I got I to gotta do the ins and outs of religion. And Paul's saying, hey, there's nothing you can do. It's just by faith. You just got to believe. So, so when James is writing his letter, he's writing to the church with that perspective in mind and maybe people who are abusing grace, who are like, no, I don't need to do that because God's got me. So James, if, if you ever read James, like in the second chapter of James, he's like, he's like faith without action is dead. Faith without action is meaningless. And you're like, whoa. Like, like if a man has no works, says he has faith and no works, I don't think that's faith at all. It's like, whoa, that wasn't Paul's message. But James is trying to overcorrect. You know, he's trying to correct. He's like, listen, God still has plans. He still has a purposes. He, he's still doing something through you. We still, we still need to stand firm, right? So, so James, I say all that to say this. James is telling how it is. James just cuts through all the fat. So James 1, chapter 1, verses 12 through 18, it says this. God blesses those who patiently endure. Say endure. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive a crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you're being tempted, do not say God's tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong. He never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us. They drag us away. These desires, they give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it, it gives birth to death. Come on, we got to learn to endure. Just, just because temptation comes, just because trials come, doesn't mean it's a green light for us to wander off the path. Let's continue on in James. Verse 16, so don't, be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down from us, to, from God the Father, who created all the lights in heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. In, in, our, in our human thinking and reasoning, it's easy, it's easy for us to walk into trials, to, to experience the unplanned conflicts of life and, and say, ah, this, this wasn't the plan. This, this isn't supposed to be the way. 
You know, whether that's the dissolving of relationships, like we said, the loss of a loved one, loss of a job, uh, you know, with a family to feed. Come on, these, these are real, uh, uh, built up, unexpected bills that you know you can't pay unless you've got some divine intervention. It's like, God, and it's easy for us to, to walk into these unplanned trials or these unplanned temptations and, and, and to, to almost become discouraged thinking like, God, I thought you loved me. God, I, I thought you cared. I thought you said you'd supply every need. I told people you'd supply every need, and here I am. What's the deal, God? And we forget that God's purpose is just as prevalent in the problems and the trials as it is in the celebration and good times and blessing. God's working all things together for the good of those who love him. It's almost like there's this perspective change that needs to happen in the believer where trials are a good thing. And you guys know the verse in James, and you know I won't read it to you, but, but James 2, it says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, right? And it's like, man, that's a weird thought. But that's what we have as believers. We got hope. No, my God's gonna supply. My God's gonna meet my need. My God is working all things together for good. He's got me. But Romans 5 touches on this too, and it says this. Paul writes, we can rejoice too, speaking to the, we can rejoice too, when, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. Everybody say endurance. Believers, we gotta live life with endurance. I know life's been hard. I know life's been sad. I know some seasons are lonely. I know some seasons are hard. I know some seasons it feels like we might not step into the next one. Y'all, we gotta learn to endure. We got, we got to trust God in the tough times. That's where God is doing some of his best work in those moments where it feels like he's absent. He's anything but absent. And a lot of times he's developing something deep within us. And endurance develops strength. This is why endurance is so important. The endurance develops strength of character. Character strengthens our confident hope of salvation, and this hope will not lead us to disappointment. This hope will not lead us to disappointment. This hope will not lead us to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, which is all of us, without Jesus, come on, it's hell. Jesus ripped us up out of hell, changed our eternity, gave us new life, right? Jesus did everything for us we could never do for ourselves. He said, if you simply believe and trust in me. Come on, he's the way, the truth, and the life. When we, when we were utterly helpless, utterly helpless, some descriptive word right there. Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinner. God's working all things together for good for those who love him, Right? I also love this set of verses here in Hebrews, Hebrews 10. Kim, you can come on up on the keys if you wouldn't mind. Hebrews 10 says, you know, the, the writer of Hebrews, he's writing to the church. And um, I don't know if you guys remember a couple weeks back, I think we were going through, it was when we were going through Ephesians. And there, there's this verse in Hebrews where the writer is like, why do I have to keep going through like Bible 101, Christianity 101? Why, why do I have to keep going over, accept God and repent from your evil ways? Come on, put your faith in Jesus, repent from your evil. Why can't we move on to the deeper things? Why are you guys still getting caught up on this? He, Hebrews is so good. He continues to write. This is verse 10, or this 
Genesis chapter 10, verses 32 through 36, it says this. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Think back. I don't know what that season looks like for you. Y'all remember when you first met Christ? Y'all remember when you had your encounter with Jesus? I was standing here, that third song of worship, sitting there crying like a baby right there. And you know what I was thinking about? I was, I was thinking about a time I was driving through Nixon, Missouri, you know, listening to this Church of God in Christ preacher. I'm, I'm walking through a season. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if, if I want to step into ministry or not. And I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm really growing in the Lord. I'm really fixing my eyes on him. I, I was sitting here, tears in my eyes, thinking about how the presence of God met me in my green Buick, right? And, and, and coming through the speakers is this Church of God in, in Christ preacher saying, you got to step out of the boat. Ah, you got to step out of the boat. Ah, I'm like, glory you know just just y'all ain't there yet that's okay driving through Nixon Missouri just weeping like a baby because it's like man God you're just you're so good do you remember that do you remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering this is what he's saying to the Hebrews you remember how much you loved God it didn't matter what your friend said Remember when you love so God, when, when you love God so much, come on, if they held a gun to your head, you'd still preach Jesus. Do you remember when you love God so much that you'd go to jail? Come on, if it meant you still got to preach Jesus, do you remember? Come on, remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule. You were beaten. Sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy because you said he's good. It doesn't matter if life is good or bad. He's good. He'll always be good. He's faithful, using everything, working all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So don't throw away this confident hope. Don't lose sight. Don't get distracted. Don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it will bring you. And then he says, patient endurance is what you need now. Say endurance. Come on, patient endurance is what you need now. So you will continue to do God's will. And then you will receive all that he has promised. There's this correlation in the scriptures between endurance, staying put, trusting God in the hard times, when it doesn't look like it was planned, Come on, just, just sit. God, I trust you. It hurts. It's uncomfortable. I, I don't want to stay. Are you sure? Are you real? It doesn't feel like you're real. It doesn't feel like you're present. There's this correlation between endurance and receiving the promises of God. I, I think there's, there's some correlation there. There's a connection there. There's a parallel there. Believer, we got to learn to endure. When, when everything in us wants to leave, when, when we feel justified to leave, come on, God has already told us to stay. Consider the bad times pure joy. Rejoice in the suffering, right? God, that's not my baby. Joseph, stay. There's a plan. Joseph, stay. There's a plan. An angelic messenger tells Joseph, don't be afraid. Don't leave Mary. I want you to stay. She's going to give birth to the Savior of the world, the Messiah that promised long ago. So here's the question that we need to, that we need to answer as we're, as we're stepping out of 2020. 
Here, here's the question, self-reflection. If, if, if you're taking notes, maybe even write it down to, to look at it later, to remind yourself, do we linger? Here, here's the question. Do we linger long enough to ensure we're present for the birth of the promises of God? Do we linger long enough to make sure we're present for the birth of the promises of God? Or do we walk away in discouragement and frustration and sadness and depression and, and whatever it is? Or do we endure? Do we endure long enough to be present for the promises of God? Do we linger long enough? Do we stay faithful long enough? Do we endure long enough in uncertain times like 2020 to see the gift of God birthed in our lives? Because I promise you this, and I can promise you this because the word promises you this. Everything is working together for your good when you love Jesus and you're called according to his purpose. So my challenge for us before we just scamper on out of 2020 and never look or think about it again, come on, let's not let 2020 go to waste. Let's reflect on the difficult times. Let's reflect on the, on the difficult times. Come on, let, let's ask God, reveal to me, what have you developed in me? What, what, have, you, what have you done in me? Right, because cause I, w- I was thinking and there's so much of me yet, you know, we need to reflect on the fact God stayed faithful because I can look up back on 2020 and say, man, this wasn't what I planned. As, as the pastor of DCM, this wasn't what I expected. This wasn't what I thought. We're not even gathering together. But you know what? God did some of his best work in me. Pastor Mark, what does your spiritual life look like when you're not preaching, boy? How do, how do you pursue me when you don't have to speak to a crowd about me? What does that look like? What are you doing, Mark, when no one has eyes on you? When you're alone in your house, how do you love me? How do you pursue me? Right, come on, God did some deep work in Pastor Mark. What about you? I look at a church, I hold on, I look at a church, I look at a church and, and we come back and you know, we, we wanna cheer, come on, let's, you know, we, we wanna go to church. We come back and I see, a, I see some of my sheep still haven't returned. And I reflect on, what? maybe there's some things I need to do to develop better disciples. Come on, that's deep work. It's convicting. I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad in the room, but, but these are the things. What, what if God did? I really believe God's done more in 2020 that maybe in, in me personally than any other year. Are, are we going to allow 2020? Will we, will we let it do what it was intended to do? And I believe if we do, we're walking out of 2020 better Jesus followers. We're walking out of 2020 a better church. We're walking out of 2020 more committed. Come on, we're, we're walking out of 2020, come on, more mature, right? Be- better, better built up for the things of God. More passionate to, to do the work. More passionate about the gospel. I believe 2020 will do that if we allow it to. Will we endure? Or will we just walk away from it and say, I'm glad to be done with that. Glad to move on from that. God's been using all of it. He stretched us, developed us. Come on, now we can live with a new gratefulness that we get to gather in this house, right? Now we can live with a new gratefulness that we get to hug our friends on the weekend, right? Now we can live with a new gratefulness that, man, man, God's got, God, God purposes for me every day. I'm ready, to, I'm ready. I don't want to take life for granted anymore. God, here I am. I'm totally willing. So, so this, I know we're running a little over. So Joseph and Mary, Joseph stay. They end up having this baby. And they named the baby Jesus. He grows up. He grows in wisdom and stature. That's what Luke tells us. He grows in wisdom and stature. He becomes a grown man. And he lives this perfect life. 
this sinful life, or sinless life, not sinful. And, and, and baby Jesus, right, he, he grows up into this man that's fully human but fully divine, and he spends his life healing the sick. God does miracles through this man. He speaks into a grave, to a body that's been dead for four days. He can smell it decaying. And he says, Lazarus, come out, and the body comes out. Authority and power like the world's never seen in this man, Jesus. Walking around earth, touching blind eyes, making blind eyes see. And people are like, who is this guy? Well, he's God. He's God. Fully human. Fully man. And then lives this perfect, sinless life. And then he would sacrifice himself for the sins of the world to trade places with me and to trade places with you. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.